Welcome back to the Wacky Wonderful Wiseworks podcast. All you guys, gals, geeks, and goofballs. Uh, 360 yes. episodes wow. we have. Mm-hmm. And isn't 360-something days in a year? 365, 360. yeah. We are yes. five episodes away from having an episode for every day of the year. Of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Every I, I wouldn't recommend the earlier episodes, though. But we have them. But we have we them. You can watch them. You can listen to a podcast every day of the year. Or if you didn't want to listen to the uh, the earlier episodes, you could just go ahead and listen to you know a midnight special episode. Well, the midnight special episode counts. Counts yes. as numbers. We is it really? Up- yes, yes, it does. We were oh, okay. So, oh, but, yeah, but yeah, you yeah, can you're right. Do- you can listen to a pre-show on the Patreon. Yes. Or you can Those to don't count. Monday all weekend. Or Monday all weekend. Or a That's movie commentary. Like or anything on the studio Gosh, channel. we've got so much content and options for you guys. Yeah. Right. <laughs> at, at freaking, <laughs> I was page, dying page while editing last, editing last week when you said mm. no optionheimers. Freaking, <laughs> I was dying what? a second time while editing. <laughs> because I basically said... We, well, it wasn't actually last week. It was two weeks ago or three weeks ago. <laughs> I don't know how long ago it was. Whenever you were um, – we were talking about the Oscars rules, okay? Yeah. And basically we were saying that Oppenheimer doesn't qualify. Mm. And I was like, you don't get – they don't have any options to even qualify. And you said no Oppenheimers. That, that hit my hilarious. funny bone. <laughs> That's funny that it, it got you. It got me twice. It got me in the editing. Sometimes this this happens to me quite often, where I'm editing a reel and mm-hmm. it it's the dumb stuff I say, and I realize how dumb it was that I said it, and I just start laughing at the dumbness of it, and right. it's so funny. I, I love the because I do the same thing. I you know it's the uh, especially if it's a joke that I'm laughing at that mm-hmm. I told. Mm-hmm. in the podcast or something <laughs> i'll find myself uh laughing with me about the joke that i told yeah and so it's yeah. just two of me laughing yeah, two of you laughing stupid i said i'll say this um the the okay so bert kreischer has done like he's become famous for laughing mm. at himself all right yeah and he he said many times that he'll li- he loves listening to his podcast because he loves listening yeah, to himself mm. and he just like will giggle at himself. He he said he loves yeah. it and everyone traditionally hates it. But even watching his movie The Machine, he said that like you know he he's so excited to watch it because he's like in the audience like mouthing the words that he knows is yeah. happening. Yeah. They couldn't put him. They couldn't put him on the row of his premiere. They had to put him in the back because right. he was ruining it. He was I affecting would, the audience's reaction. I would, I, it would be, it would be probably more fun to watch the movie with Bert, yes, than anything. One hundred percent. Speaking of the of machine, how much fun he's having. We've all seen the machine, right? Yes. Yeah. All right. So. so, what did you guys think? Did you enjoy it? Was it funny? Did you, how how did you I think react? It was it was good, but I would not say it was as good as I thought it would be. But it's, mm-hmm. yeah. it's still good. It's still there good. were a lot I of there think... were a lot of solid funny moments, and then yeah, um, I think some of the connecting tissue of the movie uh, mm-hmm. was not as great with with some of the the dialogue, I guess, and premises yeah. to to move us from one point to another. Um, uh, but I think a lot of the big humor landed 
Um, and you know, and the, the premise is simple. It's, uh, Russian mob stuff, but yeah, I would, I would put it up against any comedian based movie from like the nineties. Yeah. You know, no, well, I'm saying during the nineties, there was, there was a boom for this, you know, stand up comedian making the movie. There was a lot Mm -hmm. of John Candy stuff. There was a lot of, you know, Eddie Murphy movies. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of, um, I think this fits more into the Seth Rogen vibe because it has violence in it. Like Seth Rogen puts in his movies, like over Mm -hmm. the top violence, as well as, you know, sexual content, some nudity, things like that. Mm -hmm. I think this falls into the Seth Rogen vibe more than any other genre of uh, comedy movies. Right. Yeah. I mean, it probably fits into the that that vibe more than coming to America. Right. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of weed use. Drug yeah. use, stuff like that, right? But it was, uh, you know, it, it had an interesting premise to the movie of, like, the kind of person that he wants to be and doesn't want to be. And, you know, you, you've got to have sort of those sub-threads, subplots to um, move the story forward. It can't all be jokes and right stuff. Yeah. I think what I found the most interesting about the film, and for the people that just watch it, aren't going to know about this. It's how connected to Bert's real life mm-hmm. so many aspects of the movie are. Yes. Not only yeah. are we building off of a true event, but we're also building off of his real relationship with his family yeah. and his oldest daughter and his youngest mm-hmm. daughter and that vibe in his actual home. Yeah. That. Like yes. the, so many plot points are based around true events or true relationships that are currently happening in his house. Like literally he, that whole situation with him getting drunk and his daughter driving him home and then getting in trouble and almost getting arrested. Like the real world version of that is his daughter get high at a friend's house and he found out about it and freaked out. And had to go and spend time in therapy because he was realizing that he was being a hypocrite because mm-hmm. he is openly doing drugs and drinking in front of his kids constantly. And he gets upset at his daughter for trying weed with their friends, yeah. right? And so he like th- that's the true story behind like his oldest daughter's relationship that happened like a few months before they shot the movie. <laughs> and so yeah. there's so much realism to this movie. And then like the jokes, how his real wife, Leanne, yeah. like cameos and he just great. like he just like you know calls her a dumb b-word or something you know what i mean <laughs> like it's just kind of funny it's very much burt in the little cracks of the movie mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. in the little crevices but yeah even the editing i noticed was a bit clunky especially yeah. at the beginning I, like there was i didn't think the editing was that bad as much as there was not a great soundtrack <clears throat> to accompany it there was like the russian music when they went to russia but the just dialogue scenes there was no not a good solid track behind it so it felt oh yeah empty with some of the scenes especially between bert and his wife leanne mm-hmm. where those conversations in the movie were quiet and not i didn't catch the emotion not because the actors weren't doing a good job i think everybody acted great in this movie but i think there was there was not a track behind it to kind of emphasize the emotions so it felt kind of empty if that makes sense yeah and also like 
I don't I don't understand the family matters joke. I feel like that's been done so many yeah. times. I, oh, I don't why like how many times are we going to hear people doing their stupid Urkel impressions for the laugh? But we don't find that funny anymore. You it's know the I mean? uh, it, no, for me, it's the other country references our TV shows in their yes. accent, um, and and you know pop culture funny. You know, Bing Bong, and they're still on Family Matters. Yeah, (laughs) it's not it's not funny anymore. No, the movie's rated R, and so they can kind of be a little bit extra with some of their jokes. So I told Wyatt it would been funnier if because it's clearly like a reference, an old reference, but they're just it's just catching up to them now, and it's an old reference. It would have been funny, and it would have aged better if they made a Cosby Show yeah, reference. Yeah, Cosby Show. And Bert be like, "Ooh, that didn't age yeah. well." Right? Yeah, that well, they're, they're so like, much they're better. like, they're like yeah. that famous episode in in the Bill Cosby Show, and he's like, "Can you please stop?" And she's trying to <laughs> she's trying yeah. to be emotional with him and 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 touch you know his heart, and he, he's just like, "Ah, no." And yeah, that would be question. Bill Cosby. Yeah, that, that would be amazing. great. Do you think they have? Because surely that didn't. Surely that crossed their mind, right? Yeah. Do you think they didn't do it because Cosby's alive and it would be considered defamation of some sort? They're not. What well, you're Probably. not. You're not. Uh, um, I don't know. You, you just. You don't have to reference necessarily. He maintains like his Bill innocence. Cosby. Yeah. You, you you don't even have to have Bert say no. Don't. He's just. She's like. There's this famous thing from he the. He could Cosby, just go like Ooh. from the Cosby Show, and he could be like, <laughs> he could be like, no, stop. <laughs> you know, and that, that would be funny, funny enough. Yeah, that would have been. That would have probably landed well. But mm-hmm. I, yeah, the family matters. Honestly, I would have rather seen a Full House joke. It's not even family matters. It for me, it is the cliche of uh other country references our tv shows our TV show, yeah you know that's tired it's tired it, it it is that was probably the weakest uh ongoing joke in the movie that i wish they wouldn't have done mm. everything else okay mark hamill how do you think he did as bert's dad he did he good did as bert's dad i don't think i'm not a fan of of mark hamill as much anymore but he did good as bert's dad yeah, he was fine. I think towards the end, very clunky. He was much better mm-hmm. of like a grumpy kind of like constantly disappointed version of his dad. Yeah. The, the, the kind of like loving side, it just became a bit clunky and a bit forced mm-hmm. and just felt awkward. Whereas like Bert's so silly and so like extreme with his emotions constantly. When he's screaming and angry, you kind of – you really are convinced of it. And when he's like really emotional and heart touched, you're also convinced of it because he's always extreme. Right. Um, so like expressing the love from Bert's side, I really, and look, I, I'm not saying that Bert is a better actor than Mark Hamill, but in this role, it translated a lot better. Some of the moving points. Right. I mean, let's be honest. Bert is playing himself. I never thought Mark Hamill was a great actor to begin with. Um, he's, he's Luke great Skywalker. Voice. Okay, he's Luke Skywalker. Whatever he yeah. had one, he had <laughs> he had one really good acting role, and and that's not true. Outside, outside, he's not a movie star like Harrison. That's Ford. impossible. No, he's not. <laughs> he's, he, and, and 
his voice talent is incredible, and the characters that he's voiced over the years is. Didn't he almost do a Joker laugh in the in the machine? Did you catch on that? I think just it was way, when he was high. Way, when he was just high, the way he laughs is is Joker Joker-ish, laugh to me. Yeah. Um, he, but yeah, those are the things that he did. And but acting, I, I've seen some other stuff uh, where he's acted, especially in his older age. It's he's just not as good. It's not as good. Yeah, okay. it's almost like he's he's acting as Mark well, Hamill. Mm-hmm. What you would you I mean? give this film a one out of ten? I for the jokes, there's a lot of originality in this, and there's a lot of great micro moments in this mm. movie. Like a lot of good micro moments yeah. that if you're a fan of Burt's really deliver and make you laugh out loud i'm Mm, putting it at a seven for like comedy movies again putting it up to other movies like like the interview or pineapple express or stuff like that that's kind of what i put it up against and i think it's definitely on the higher end of those type of movies right okay i would say it was for me a six or 5.5 yeah i um from what i saw of it it was yeah, I would I would agree with Joe. It was up there with those other movies. It wasn't like anything super special. I think it was um, special because it, it was Bert's movie. But it was special because it's Bert's movie, and like the, it's the little references, you know, when he's 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 saying, "Oh, I have a podcast with my big, huge, fat friend," and that kind of stuff. That kind of that made me laugh out loud. Yes. Yeah, just it, it wasn't was like moments. a chuckle. I was like, ha. <laughs> that's funny because just the, way, just the way that he delivers the you know, he's my big stupid big fat ass friend tom <laughs> you know and that was it was a ama- he probably didn't say it exactly like that but he, no. he delivers it with yeah. such a straight face that it's funny to people who follow that kind yeah. of stuff and the premise that that was like that's he he weaved it into a real event that could take mm-hmm. place because they do at times get uh drunk on their podcast on two mm-hmm. bears and that was the premise for why he asked his daughter to come pick him up with her learner's permit and drive yeah. him home right mm-hmm. is got he was on the podcast with tom and got too drunk right um but i think i think it was it was well executed for uh for what it is i think there's mm-hmm. a few improvements <laughs> that could have been made but and the movie looked good I, I didn't have oh, a yeah, problem. It like it had good good production value. Uh, Great production especially, value. I especially thought the scene in the like Russian forest with the townspeople, the way that they kind of they kind of shot it, and you see this little village with this big, huge Russian industrial building right behind it. Mm-hmm. That was fun. That image to me is just <laughs> funny. It's that's Russia, you know. Right, right, right. Yeah. Also, like the um just the flashbacks between the younger version of himself and, mm-hmm. and older version. I yeah. think that those are really well. And, and the, the element of adding to the actual machine story where he kind of had a crush on this girl, <clears throat> but then he had kind of really upset her in the process. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then that that's like a really good empty, like part left out of the story. I wonder if there's truth to that. I don't think there probably is. I mean, but there could be. There could be. That's not in the stand-up bit of for it, but um, yeah. But just, just the even the idea of adding, like, keeping that out of his stand-up bit because it's a bummer. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? That's like a good. That's actually a good storytelling detail. You know what I mean? Yeah. It adds depth to the character and the event of robbing the train. I think yeah. that's good. You know, it's fun. Um, 
What's uh so, let's go to our actually first topic because that wasn't even our first topic, but that was a, a fun review of hey, of, uh, I would like to mention, um, oh no. as we as we come into this this bike riders topic, I got a text this morning, um, from Joe saying, Hey, I'd like you guys to, um, I actually want to read your wording. Let me pull it up here on my computer. Uh, is your wording I thought was funny. You said, uh, take a moment, take a moment to read this article to get a, to get a granular with the director's perspective. I liked that. You said to get a, to granular. Get a, a granular. It's such a, it's like a dad thing. I was like, know? I don't know if he's, I don't know if that was a typo, but yeah, I'm trying to get a granular, you know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I was on the toilet. I was what, having my morning. Granulars? Hmm. And I meant to write to get familiar. I like granular. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but I really like that to get granular what, with it. I was like, that sounds, I was like, that sounds like, like that sounds like an old school word. Uh, Joe's using some interesting verbiage here. That wasn't uh, me. And uh, so that wasn't me. But no. And then I proceeded to read the longest article I've ever read in my entire life. Right. Right. Uh, I knew it just, was. Long. Oh, he's like, it's cool. Get granular with it. And I was like, all right. <laughs> Get granular and with it. I'm like, this is not granular. This is the whole beach. <laughs> this is a sandcastle, my man. All right. The bike riders. Yeah. Directed. All right. By Jeff Nichols. Mm. Yes. So it is a new movie coming out. Uh, we did a reaction to it, Wyatt and I. It got some pretty good reception. Yeah. On the trailer, which reception. meant. Um, which means like there's there's some spice behind this movie. There's definitely going to be a um, a a fan base around this movie, and it's not that we're going to tap into that, but I want to make sure we talk about things that people care about. And this yeah. seems to be like a movie people are going to care about. Mm-hmm. Um, beef. I don't. We have a lot to get into with this, and I don't want to spend forever on it. But yeah. just right off the bat, do you guys think this is because it's biker culture, and we don't have a lot of movies about that, or do you think it's because uh, it is Actors. Austin Butler and you know Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Do you what? Who, why do you think it is that people's going to? I be think really it's a little this? bit of both. I think um, it is. There is an aspect of even like I went and watched your guys' reaction video because I was not part of it, but I noticed in the comments it was a lot of it. There was definitely a group of individuals that were unique to watching that reaction because they Mm. were interested in that you could tell from the comments and they've there is kind of this group that this is touching with touching on that we've not had a lot of movies about we've had a few but not a lot and it is interesting so um i'll say there was one dude that left like the emoji with the curse words, the red face, and then angry face, and said, stop calling them gangs, they're clubs. And I responded <laughs> with, gang. I responded with, biker clubs are gangs. <laughs> yeah, they're gangs. <laughs> Obviously, this, this guy is not clubs. <laughs> yeah. a, a, a club is people who get together maybe twice a month. And look. And we talk about nerd stuff, or you talk about books, <laughs> or you or play chess. You play chess, or oh, yes. 
But those or you are do, clubs. or you do fencing club. You, you do weird freaking it's ceremonies. Hobbyists. <laughs> like, those are hobbies, right? You put on robes. Things like robes. Things like gangs. Things like clans. Things like <laughs> cults. Uh, no, that's what the that's what this. When you when you're dressing up specifically to get you know to go out <laughs> and and do some damage or maybe to do some damage in private. Uh, that's a cult. Uh, to 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 do damage to a specific group of people that's a clan to uh do damage to everybody out in public that is a gang look i'm <laughs> not right? trying to look I, I noticed this in the writing so i'm rewatching the mentalist right now mm, and there yeah. is an episode with a biker gang and they even wrote it in there all the cops are referring to it as the gang but when they're talking about themselves they say the club, the club. so this is a multi-generational argument that i don't necessarily yes. think we're gonna solve but why it's right everybody who's not in the gang knows it's a gang and everybody inside don't doesn't want to necessarily be referred to as a gang because we're a club and you're not fooling anybody. We know yeah. you do illegal Wait, stuff. What's All right? what's the difference between a club and a gang? Let me let's define. I just said Look, oh. a club for bikers <laughs> is a gang in denial. It's a gang. That's what it is. In it's denial. not in denial. It's just it's a gang. It's it's the wording is specific. We're not going to call ourselves a gang that way we don't get associated with the unsavory parts of what gangs do, even though they do those unsavory things. Yeah. So it's also, not a club. There's a lot of, there's a lot of white clubs um, are fun. There's a lot of, uh, white supremacists in, in biker gangs. Mm -hmm. There are, there are black biker gangs as well, but there are most biker gangs traditionally have a lot of white supremacists in them and they don't also don't like to be referred to uh, don't like, generalize don't generalize you, you i'm sorry you're, you're i'm gonna, at, i'm telling you what my dad experienced my dad has experienced back in the day like the height of you know hell's angels and all that right oh are, are you worried about generalizing the biker gangs Josh? no i'm just saying <laughs> in it has been a trend where on our videos joseph generalizes <clears throat> like on elvis and you stir up an audience. Not on the podcast. That, you know, Look. You're so, going to get a bunch of dudes in the comments be like, man, there's <laughs> black biker clubs. What are you talking about? <laughs> there are. There's, there was a, I remember when I lived in Columbia, there was um, a huge black biker club that was going to Charleston because it was like, it's the biggest national biker club uh, mm -hmm. reunion or like festival or something. Hundreds of thousands of people were driving through Columbia, like black bikers riding through Columbia to get to Charleston. It was a, it was incredible to see, incredible to see so yeah. many black bikers. So many of them came into where I worked at truck supply and like got apart or knew somebody there. It was super cool. I liked it. It was cool. But, um, the section of this article, I think it's mostly we read the majority of it to get to know the perspective mm -hmm. of what's going on here. Um, but to give you a real quick <clears throat> synopsis of the inspiration behind it, um, it's based on this kind of photo book from yeah. Danny. How did you say his last name? Leon? Leon? Leon, Leon. Danny Leon is the original uh, 1967, right? Mm -hmm. And it's called The Bikers. And he basically went out and took pictures uh, and spent a lot of time and did a lot of interviews with actual biker gangs. Like, so mm -hmm. this Clubs. right here. Or biker clubs, whatever. <laughs> so this picture right here is actually like they recreated it with Austin yeah. Butler, um, right? 
Oh, did I not include it? I didn't include it. I'm sorry. Oh, there's on. one with but Austin that's, Butler no. that's exactly yeah. like this. All right. Okay. Because they're trying to recreate it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so that's what this movie's based on. And it's, it's its own unique script. It's not based on a specific person necessarily, yeah. but it is creating a, um, it is creating a narrative that's inspired by biker culture essentially. Well, what I thought was interesting that uh, the director was talking about is the idea for the story of doing a a love triangle. That's not like a love triangle. Mm -hmm. It's, it's two of these two. You find this interesting person, right? You know, this person with potential and both people see the potential and they both want to, uh, kind of make him into the type of person they believe he could be and that's what that's what Tom Hardy's doing that's what Jody Comer is doing and they they with both Austin Butler with Austin in the Butler as as yeah. the person in the middle and I I like that idea of we we both want to um I don't think necessarily in a negative way um make this person who he could be. Uh, but we, we both want things for him mm-hmm. and uh, that's going to influence him. And what's his decision going to be? I think I that's like, really interesting and fun. Yeah. And honestly, I'm not saying directors don't get deep with their stories, but I like seeing this article, how it's so extensive, gives mm. so many thoughts from the director to see like, yeah. he's really put a lot of thought and effort mm-hmm. behind his intention with the script. Like mm-hmm. um, this section right here where he kind of like talks about how he doesn't want to glamorize biker culture, but has to acknowledge that there is a romantic attraction that yeah, there's most people yeah. have to biker culture. Um, and it's really cool how he's like trying to balance the what it is and how it's viewed, you know? Mm-hmm. So literally what it is, the good and the bad, how it's viewed, the good and the bad, you know what I mean? And yeah. so there's like a lot of intention behind this uh, director's it seems like he really cares about the story. And I believe this is the same director who did like killing them softly. Right. So Mm -hmm. he's done some higher end stories. He's not done. Like, I don't think a huge box office hit. Wait, what was killing them softly? Brad Pitt, Brad Pitt. And let me look him up real quick to make sure I'm not getting that incorrect. Let's see. I don't know. Did I watch this? I don't think I've ever seen. Well, let's see what else he's done that you maybe you, I don't uh, think I have seen recognized softly. Okay, so Jeff Jeff Nichols. <laughs> so, oh, mud. Maybe I'm mistaken. Oh, Did mud. He do I have softly. Seen yeah, with uh, Conahay. Conahay, yes. Did I make right, up that he right, did right, killing right. them softly? Uh, he did mud for sure. Okay. I, yeah, it was directed by Andrew Dominic. Is that Killing Them Softly? Killing Them Softly was. What else did he do? Is something that he's coming out with that we've been talking about? Is that why I'm thinking of it? I don't think so. Um, well, Jeff Nichols, he did Mud. Um, and so there is, he's done a few good movies, but not like big hits. You know what mm. I mean? Uh, he did something called The Midnight Special. Nice. Mm. <laughs> Familiar with you know that right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so i think overall 
this movie looks uh, very intentional. And I think it's going to be a really good emotional journey and uh, extreme drama heavy movie. And and because there's a love story and there's a freedom story, I guess, Mm -hmm. in some ways. And it's it's interesting, I think. For a lot of people, because the the rebellious nature of the biker clubs, the biker gangs, mm-hmm. um, you know, it surrounds these uh, um, slow Midwestern towns. Yeah, where this idea that you know there there there's this need to be rebellious, and yet you know everybody's trying to kind of live slowly. Everybody's mm-hmm. just trying to kind of trying to, you know, and you drive through drive through Pennsylvania or Ohio and you see these kind of older style yeah. neighborhoods and houses and you try to imagine, uh, you know, those free spirit kind of biker yeah. gangs rolling through. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, that's attractive to the young people growing up Did in you there. Ever watch the fighter with Mark Wahlberg and Christian Bale? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wild movie. That was so good. A movie that capsulated what you just said very mm-hmm. good in a fighter type movie. Yeah. I think um, this one will kind of do the same like thing. Yeah. yeah, I think it will too. I think it's going to, especially, look, you put Austin Butler and Tom Hardy. Mm-hmm. That's a great cast because you're going to get a lot of people watching it because of them too. But yeah. you you make them because, the bikers and not not a couple of rougher looking dudes. I mean, yeah, and you're and everyone's you're gonna want to be a bike a biker after this movie. You're in this uh, <laughs> domestic setting where you know your 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 arguments and your fights aren't happening in like you know the the high rise hotels in New York and and you know penthouses and old old New England architecture. They're happening in you know, houses with carpet and vinyl walls and wooden tables yeah. and old light fixtures, Pool you know, tables at the bar, it's, it's super domestic and, uh, cornfields as we see in the background here. Just, I mean, it's, it's middle America, you know? Yeah. yeah. They, they, uh, you know, the biker gangs like that small, small bar. I mean, my parent, our parents live out kind of in the middle of nowhere. And I remember when I was, we were in high school. Um, there was a specific bike gang. I don't want to mention them, but why they went to like Hell's Angels? Uh, yeah, a bar literally like right down the road from where our parents are. That's like a one room, like not even big at all. Yeah, the place that they could have hundreds of motorcycles be in the parking lot and they could just hang out and do their thing right down the road. And yeah, our mom was like, Joshua, stay at your friends, don't try to drive on the road right now, stay (laughs) there. And that's that. Okay. Now, Hell's Angels are not what they used to be. Mm-hmm. All right. I think most biker gangs right now and clubs are not what they used to be. All right. In the, in the sixties to eighties, they ruled the roads. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if a gang rolled through, they just they rolled the through. Like yeah. freaking, I remember my dad has a, a very fun story when he was uh, a younger boy. When the Hell's Angels bad. had probably <laughs> thousands of people that just rolled, rode with them all, all everywhere. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And they drove by his house one time and he said it was like 30 minutes of thousands of motorcycles just driving on the, across the road out in front of their house. 
and he just watched all these the roughest dudes in america just you know what i mean yeah wild dude and i I think think can you do it one more time for me what was that (laughs) yeah i got the time (laughs) um or how how would a harley sound something like that i liked the first one though yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just over here motorboating. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think this is going to be a fun, very enjoyable movie that everyone should support to to give Jeff his his flowers. I guess you know what I mean. Mm. Get his name more popular. See more of his movies than you might have already. Um, but yeah, that's all the thoughts I have on bike riders. I, th- I think it's going to be fun. I'm anticipating it. It's good. It looks like a really good time. Um, oh, I I need to tell you guys. Um, did you see the my my new bike I got? Yeah, I I yeah, you showed it to me. Oh yeah. Why? Yeah, Is that uh, it? Luke was commenting on it, saying it was pretty I'm cool. Kidding. I'm I'm trying to act like I've got a, a cool. Oh, cool you should have said, did you guys see oh, my hog or my chopper? I thought you were talking about your your bike. You know, the one that you exercise on. I was. That's what was he was talking about. Cool. After uh, we talk about a, a bike gang, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Luke's into the the motorcycle. Uh, yeah, Luke has thing. a motorcycle. Maybe, maybe uh, I don't know. He's got a motorcycle. Really what it. kind of motorcycle? Yeah, Is it a yeah. crotch rocket? Uh, no. It's a um, it's, it's no, it's nothing. It's nothing big, uh, but it's not small either. Cool. Uh, is it? Um, it, it's not. I don't know anything about bikes. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but uh, isn't Yamaha a big my thing in Yamaha. this area? Yeah, they've got a big, big um warehouse or yeah. My uncle works. My uncle works there over in Noonan. Yamaha in you've seen that right. Live, so. Driving past the Yamaha place in Noonan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I also I have some people that I'm friends with that work there from my church. Yeah, church. But uh, it uh, something they were telling me it's something kind of weird with that, where Yamaha's owned by a like Japanese or Asian company. So technically, it's not American soil that that company. Is that true? That warehouse or something like I have on no property, idea. it's not technically considered American soil or something. Which mm, is, but really we can weird. take it back. All we have to do is burn the building and say you're not it allowed to have true. this. America but can think, do whatever the crap we want. No, I think it's like America says <clears throat> this is yours because we get business out of it and it builds our town and our community and it get brings jobs here and stuff. So I think it's almost whatever, like they made yeah. a deal for them to put a. Uh, where um, what am what's the word I'm looking for? Where warehouse, stuff? not a warehouse. Manufacturing uh, plant. Yeah, plant. That's what I'm thinking of. Uh, put a plant right there where they're mm. building stuff. But All right, I look. Thank you, Shelby, for being a Patreon supporter. Thank you, Shelby. Look, you get. She gets all kinds of cool stuff, early podcasts, yeah. like almost a week early. Um, mm. She gets an exclusive podcast, the pre-show every single week, and much more. Our archive for the Midnight Special video versions that we are talking about at the beginning of this podcast. If you like the Midnight Special and you never saw the video versions, you can go to our Patreon and take a look at that archive. Now, um, all of that to say, Patreon's also how we just support ourselves how you guys can mm-hmm. support all the content that we make 360 episodes of the flagship uh, wiseworks podcast right so we do a lot of content we do every single week uh, we have something new 
for you all the time. So we would really appreciate if you would consider supporting us. It doesn't have to be a lot. It could be $4 a month, right? Yeah. So just go over to Patreon, check out the tiers, see what best tier fits your content needs. And we really appreciate it. Links down in the description. Uh, we'd love to see you over there. Thank you, Shelby, for being a Patreon supporter. Before I get to the next topic, I wanted to show you guys something. Ooh. Apparently, uh, have you ever wondered, like, what does the Obamas keep busy with now oh, that they're no. not what, the What's your fascination no. with, with Barack these days? You'd be, you be on that Barack train. No, I'm not. I just came across this, and I thought it was interesting. It's it's right, right inside what we do, right? Okay. Mm. Higher ground productions this is what they do back in 2018 they founded this production company it's over anakin <laughs> <laughs> and basically what they do is they're a production company that has a contract with netflix so all their stuff comes out on netflix but they also release their own like podcast with michelle and somebody else and then obama and somebody else so i think that obama's podcast is called renegade and i think he does it with another popular personality but yeah, so these are the podcasts right here. Uh, the Michelle Obama podcast, and then you got Renegades, Born in the USA. <laughs> That's as American as it gets. Yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so they have their own podcast, like mini podcast network for both of them. And then they also uh, put shows out on Netflix. And I wanted to show you, because they do um, the traditional thing, kind of like we want you know more black entertainment, that kind of stuff, you know what I mean? It's not surprising. They also funded uh, this guy, Adam, whatever his name is. Adam ruins everything. Adam Conover. Yeah, so the G word with Adam Conover. Uh, so it's a basically a documentary where he talks about how government affects your lives, good and bad. And he basically interviews tons of people and basically is getting the skinny on what government is like today. You know what I mean? So I don't know how leftist it is, but it did interest me when I saw the trailer. And there, so there is some quality content that they're actually funding through their production company. Here's one. Interesting. Um, Worth. Uh, who is that? I forget his name. Michael Keaton. Michael Keaton. Yes. I don't know why I was forgetting uh, his name. I mean, it, it makes sense. I mean, you know, uh, Mr. Uh, Barack isn't the president anymore, so he's got to have something to do with spare time. You know, do a podcast and do some stuff. I mean, look, they did like a little reality show. It says working what we do all day with hmm. Barack Obama and Michelle. <laughs> I think that's on Netflix. Interesting. So, yeah, yeah. They have like a Netflix deal. Into their, uh, um, into like production stuff. Right. So um, these are their podcasts. This yeah. Is their network. She does yeah, two podcasts. Interesting, oh, Michelle. Yeah. I mean, um, we, we did for a while. That's true. I mean, we kind of still do with the yeah. Monday weekend. That's true. Uh, so yeah, I just thought that would be interesting to tell you guys because you know I do sometimes wonder what these popular personalities do, especially mm -hmm. ones that were president, and uh, what they do <laughs> after they're not president no yeah. more. Yeah, you know what I mean. What are your thoughts on all this? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> you don't have any thoughts about what they, why they. It makes sense. I mean, company. yeah, it makes. You if you're keep podcast and it's really popular to get your stuff out there right now, do a podcast, and especially because you're the president, people are going to watch it, or you're the president's wife. You're 
you have your own company that's doing that. So you're making the money and you're not giving it to anybody else. Yeah. True. And you're, I mean, you're, they're no, getting you're that finding, Netflix money. You're finding, yeah, options. But to, they're, to they're directing and producing all their own content and then mm-hmm. selling it to Netflix in that regard. So yeah. Netflix is not producing it for them. They're doing it themselves. Right. But that's how like most documentaries on Netflix work as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I just thought it was interesting. I thought I would document it here on the podcast just to be like, hey, they got a production company. <laughs> so if you wonder what the Obamas are up to, I'm sure they do a lot of stuff, but they're also making podcasts, TV, and movies as well. It seems like that's why, – why do so many people get into fields that they don't have – like they don't have experience making movies. Yeah, but they have experience being um, personalities and being on TV. They have experience uh, pushing social messages, and that's like what TVs and movies do a lot these days. Just mm-hmm. push push mm-hmm. their messages. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe that's the motivation. It, it also it. keeps them. It also keeps them more relevant in the uh, in the entertainment sphere, which is something that the conservative community has abandoned. Well, yeah. they're they're they're. We've talked about this. They're present, but they're not on traditional media like Netflix or mm. any other place. They're on YouTube. That's where they're yeah, at. Well, have you guys seen this kind of uptick in, especially right now, people uh, campaigning to for presidency, a lot of they're getting with like TikTokers and trying to do like, like old guys being like, we gotta, we gotta get the younger generation, and we have to go on TikTok because that's wherever mm. all the younger mm-hmm. generation is. I saw that Kennedy they're guy. Do, they're he doing went on like tiger belly. dances, and and it's like, no, no, we don't want to see you do cheesy dances. Look, that Kennedy guy uh, who's running as an independent right now. Mm-hmm. He's on. He he's been on Theo Vaughn Tiger yep. Belly this past week, right? Yep. Uh, Tim Dillon. I mean, it makes sense to go on Joe Rogan, but he's he's going everywhere. He's smart though. Like he he's even if he doesn't get elected, which I don't think he will, he's smart because he's literally getting his message out and mm-hmm. finding the people who actually are into what he's saying. Because for the so long yeah. he was irre- irrelevant because the media just claimed just labeled him as a vaccine denier kook. You know what I mean? Yeah, and now he's actually saying these are all the things I've done. These are all the things I care about, and well, it's wild, man. What I find interesting is, I think you have to do more than just find the people that um, like your message. You have to be able to appeal to a lot of different people, and the the ones who are successful are the ones that are appealing to majorities. So. Your majorities that are in cities, your, uh, young people, minorities uh, as mi- minorities as a group of people, making them a majority, mm-hmm. and uh, and then just middle America or blue collar or old people. You've got to find out. You you've got to appeal to those. You you know. I think you have to do more than just like oh, people who enjoy podcasts. They, those are my people. You right. know. Mm-hmm. So, and I think he's doing that. He's going everywhere, this guy Kennedy. But I'm just saying he's he's finding the crevices of my my world. You know, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just waiting for him to show up on neurotic. That was a weird statement. 
Why? Why are you both don't. just point out every look? Just don't don't say things like that, okay? Yeah, this isn't my world. Stop saying it. Stop. Stop. Joseph wants his world to be full of the crevices and stop. Everybody stop to saying, get up in them. Stop saying that. Please. Everybody lives in a crevice. <laughs> what what crevice of the okay, you know, the strike on. stuff are we gonna get to? Are we getting so, to, are we getting up in the crevices of the strike situation? Look. Speaking of the working class, <laughs> the writer's strike has come to a close, and we're going to review. Man, this was an unfortunate video clip. Look at these two fellas back to back. Just not what? not the greatest representation of I yeah mean, of, 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 writers, of the writers of the of writers. The writers. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, so we want to go over the details. What these people experienced. Uh, of what the terms they came to are, okay? So, like, what what they agreed to is in the realm of artificial intelligence and pay and stuff of that nature. Have you guys done any research on this yet? I have not. I, I haven't seen like what the terms are. Okay, so I'm a, I'm gonna warn you, they're a bit boring at oh, times. Okay, okay, um, but they're they. So I think when it came to artificial intelligence, they made zero ground. Mm. Uh, they just so delayed the inevitable a little bit. Ah, so um, we're going to get a strike in like two So years. let's, before we get to the artificial intelligence, we won't go over benefits and all that. That's just boring. We're just going to look at the pay that they wanted yeah. in the artificial intelligence bit. Okay. So writers who work longer, con uh, who work on longer content that has a budget of 30 million or more mm -hmm. and is made for streaming services, which is the big problem because they weren't getting paid when it went to for streamers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, will now receive 18% pay bump and a 26% increase in the base rate with which resi uh, residuals payments are calculated. So basically what they used to do for TV and movies uh, for like DVD sales, they're now kind of translating that into streaming. streaming. And okay. Okay. honestly, what that's going to do is it's going to increase the contracts these streamers have to pay for these movies that they buy mm -hmm. or Which, that they fund. You know You know what that means? The Your price of your Netflix is, might go it's up again. Up. Well, yeah. it has to because uh, you're not making as much money from – streaming as you do theatrical releases and things and that's the and if the writers are like we need more money from the streaming the the people making the movies aren't getting that much money from the streaming mm -hmm. so uh i mean i think i do think as a writer you need you need the um what you were owed before what you would have made yeah. before if right. if those shows and movies are going on streaming um I think that's good, but the it's, it's the, like taxes when the, the issue, when the yeah, base the rises, is, the 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 paying the paying tax person the the normal man has to pay more in the end. Yeah, right? the the issue is that you know it, it's good that you're going to get what you're owed, but mm -hmm. the companies aren't going to be making. They're not what eating they that cost. Do. Yeah. But they're also not eating that cost in the end. So they're just inflate they're just gonna keep inflating these prices until we're mm -hmm. back to the same price as what cable TV was. Yeah. Three hundred bucks a month for a hundred channels or whatever mm -hmm. it was, you know? And like Spectrum did for so long and still has, but that's gonna be the same cost of what we're doing for all these streaming things. We're just going back to an old model. Yeah. Um payments are part of the flat deals for feature screenplays. 
uh, will also be sped up. So I guess there was delay in payment or something. Um, writers who work on multi-episode TV series will be paid more per week for their work, 5% more for staff writers and 3.5% to 4% more for some editors. <clears throat> um, and then this is an okay. interesting one. The WGA says it secured an important uh, concession on which on, on what it called success-based residual payments. This part makes sense to me because okay. I actually thought like this is kind of an interesting thing that how you'd probably want to model a production company period, right? If something works, you pay the people more. Um, yeah. If streaming content hits a benchmark viewership, writers will receive a bonus according to the agreed agreement salary, a successful project release on or after January 1st, 2024 would yield the writers $9,031 for a half hour episode, 16,000 plus for one hour episode, as much as $40,000 for a streaming feature over $30 million budget um, under the terms of the 2023 agreement. So basically it's like after January 1st of next year, uh, anything that's on streaming, if it hits a benchmark of viewership, which means it c- considers a success, it's basically mm-hmm. like residuals, except it's a bonus check of saying like, hey, this is a really successful thing. Like the people who wrote on Stranger Things probably yeah. didn't get a big bonus when it was super successful. You know what yeah. I mean? They're saying now, if if something like Stranger Things comes out and you worked on it and it really pops off and it's really successful, you get a bonus for working on it. That's basically what it is. Hmm. that's interesting because that makes sense I, to me though you should yeah. pay the people who created something that turns out to be really successful i i have two two thoughts with that um one is i i think that's interesting because you know back in the day they if you did like a, a, a movie it was popular and then they made a sequel you could renegotiate your contract for like the second one to be like hey the first one was really popular we could let's get a little bit more money out of this type thing. Um, But, and they can do that as the thing is coming out now because they have the actual views on it, which brings me to this where I'm saying, are they going to have to start releasing a little bit more accurate numbers to how things are doing? I mean, maybe not to the public, but especially to like these unions. Yeah, they will have to. They will have to release some kind of number (laughs) of Mm -hmm. being like accurate numbers. This is what Stranger Things season four actually got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and D- Disney can't. Disney especially is the one I usually they fear of flubbing numbers. the numbers. Yeah. Um. Yeah, they can't. They can't do that anymore. Um, that's true. Getting to AI, uh, basically in a nutshell, they basically agreed that for right now. <laughs> And honestly, if there's big advancements in AI, Mm. this basically becomes void, right? Um, Which there are going to be big advancements in like the next year in AI because it's Mm -hmm. moving at a a crazy Crazy rate of speed. Um, And so if there's any big advancements, this becomes void. But as of right now, like with ChatGPT and such, the writers can utilize it to help themselves. The studios cannot use it to basically void out a writer's position right ew i don't like that i don't so like writers that. Can i don't use like it. that a writer could the use it to cannot. 
Yeah, I don't like that a writer could use it to help write a script. Uh, yeah, because they have no talent. But that's mm. literally what what they're saying that they can do. I think there has to be some form of actual writing, but they are free to use mm. it as assisting them to make their job. Um, uh, they they say it's like progress in the in the field of writing, but really it's just getting AI to do your job, and then you like slightly edit it. And but you know what? You know what? Maybe the writing will actually be. Good. <laughs> well, Better. I actually heard uh, on Friday Night Tights that came out yesterday, I was mm. listening to it and they were like, freaking, but they were doing this before the strike. Yeah. And all mm. they were doing was they would get ChatGPT to write out stuff and then they would change it to become it, to make it more uh, woke, to like make it more socially progressive. Mm -hmm, so they yeah. just ruined what ChatGPT was spitting out for them, right? Yeah. So they, they are purposefully taking like what chat GPT and then build on it to make it more uh, woke. So, but basically this is just delaying the inevitable because as soon as there's, there, there's also, I think a, a rule about how many writers actually have to be in the room because they were saying certain writers were being overworked. And, um, and so they're saying like, we also, if you're on a certain type of show or movie, you have to have a certain amount of writers. And so that also like temporarily, eliminates the ability for writers for for studios to say all right you can use ai to help write but there's only going to be two of you you know mm -hmm. what i mean <laughs> that eliminates that for now um which is a smart move but like i said this is this is this is going to be a problem again in a year because ai is not going to be the same as it is right now you know what i mean yeah yeah, I mean, as things progress, we're, they're always going to have to change things because things are progressing and things are changing. I mean, the way we view stuff on streaming services will change in five years. So there might not be a Paramount Plus in five years. They might Correct. have the, the boomy. So it's all in yeah. one. So like as things progress, we're going to have to, they're going to have to change things anyway. So I love, I, I love <laughs> I, I want to quote you later. Just as things progress, they're going to have to change things as they progressed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, some words. I'll, I'll give you that one. <laughs> <laughs> Doubling up on that progress. That progress. Look, there's not a ton here. I, it looks like for the time being, they got what they wanted. Mm -hmm. um, we'll see what the actor strike does. Uh, honestly, I don't think it's going to be as exciting as the writer's strike was just because there was more people involved and yeah. the actors, actors are actors, you know, what well, I mean? the actors are going to be like, all right, well, the writers got what they want. So let's, uh, we can be done. <laughs> we can be done. <laughs> we were what just doing want? this. We were just doing know. this out of solidarity or something. We yeah, don't the know. A the actors right. just get involved with nonsense just because they're like, Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Well, so, I mean, going on they're, they're like, they're like the, the writers want more money and we make the most money. They're like, uh, let's yeah, act like we, we don't. <laughs> we need to strike too. Like we're unhappy. Right? I mean, because they're, they're the literally saying they're going bunch. to. They are the most dramatic, but they're literally mm -hmm. they're saying like the writers' strike is is they're in convert. No, the actors' uh, union. Is it SAG Astra? Is SAG, that the actors? Uh, yeah, because the WGA is the writers. Um, yeah. So they're literally already in talks, and they're expecting that to be uh, finalized within a week. So yeah, it's mm. like the writers finish up what they were doing, and then the actors are like, "All right, let's go, let's get back to work." Um, 
but so that that's basically it. I, we'll see it. What, what comes with the writers at probably next week, maybe we'll see how, how it plays out. But, um, yeah. but yeah, moving on, I wanted to, before we get to the last topic, that's actually really, really freaking cool. All right. Mm. Okay. This better be cool. I, I, I wanted this, to I'm cushion it with something so else. Cool. It's better it's be so, so cool to cool. me. It like, you know, it tops the coolest of cool. It's so yeah. cool to me. All right. And maybe you guys already saw it, but I don't think you have. Cause I think it came out couple days ago okay one day ago so i don't know how if you guys are even aware of this yet is it a um, script of some kind no 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 Shh. oh i'm seeing Let's, an article i'm gonna i'm gonna tell i'm gonna cushion it with one thing i want to ask you guys so okay. i did see this news came out about the dc uh future universe stuff okay. and okay. you know how you know james gunn's trying to rebrand everything recast yes. people it's been three characters that he's confirmed are staying in their current role, which basically means he's kind of keeping, mm. kind of keeping. Get, guess who they are? Uh, Batman, Blue Ben Beetle. Affleck. Okay, you're right. Blue Beetle's one. Ben Affleck is no, Batman. No, no, no. Um, uh, you might not guess this. I'm just going to tell you. Sh- oh, John Cena as Peacemaker. Okay. Viola Davis as uh, that Amanda lady Waller. Charge. Yeah. So Blue Beetle, John Cena, and Viola Davis are all staying a part of the next generation of DC. So they're not recasting it. The boring ones. Well, the thing is that all of anything about. Look, we already know John Cena is a uh, he's a pandering hack to to the world culture. (laughs) <laughs> and and the money making culture with China and, and the Chinese that. culture, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's pandering. He's a pandering hacky shill. He's, he's the Viola most Davis is very woke. Mm. She knows how to act, but she's extremely woke, and uh, and so she'll go along with whatever they want. And then the Mexican representation, who's kind of new on screen, <laughs> so he'll probably just know, go along uh, with whatever as well. Next karate kid. Did you say next Mexican representation? Yeah, who's new on screen? What's That's his what name? Uh, Nobody knows. He's from, he's from no one knows Cobra how to Kai. pronounce it either. Yeah. From Cobra Kai. People don't no know. No one knows how to pronounce it. I'm telling you. Let's no. See. People don't know, know how, how to pronounce it. Oh my God. <laughs> you're <laughs> just, you're like just uncultured. It's not American. I don't know how to pronounce it. I don't know how. That's Josh most of the time. Let me show you this and tell me if this makes Wait. freaking sense. How do you pronounce that name? Zolo Maraduena. No. Yes, that is Maraduena. Maraduena. The U E is pronounced with a y y sound. Yeah. And the N with the uh, thing over it is a n Yeah. Yeah. Don't don't question my Maraduena. Maraduena. I speak Spanish. Yes. Zolo Maraduena. Is that how Mexicans say Z with the X? Or is that like so. a popular new thing? Because I know, yeah. no, I know that, Elon Musk right. is into that. I would X. assume that's that's my <laughs> assumption. Speaking of, I, I don't mean to go off topic, but have you guys seen the clip of Trump being like Puerto Rico? <laughs> Puerto Rico, Puerto Rico. Yeah, he's kind of saying Puerto Rico, but he's like Puerto. Yeah, yeah. Rico. He's like, say it. <laughs> yeah, no. He says no. He says it. He's what he's saying. He goes, um, um. We welcome everybody from Puerto Rico. <laughs> we love Puerto Rico. And we also love Puerto Rico. 
<laughs> okay, but with with that said, of you know James Gunn holding on to a dying franchise that no one gives a crap about. Yeah. Do you think like why what what's the point of him holding on to them three? You know what I mean? I if he's already he's trying know. to rebrand the whole thing. Um, probably, probably he's probably getting some instruction from the studios. That's yeah, my why that would be my three? main guess. Why do they want it then? Uh, because Peacemaker, despite what we think, was popular amongst audiences. Yeah, people enjoy um, Peacemaker, people but that doesn't mean that John Cena deserves it. I, right. I got an idea. But whether they deserve it or not isn't the point of issue. It's that uh, people liked it and they want to keep kind of that element. Um, I think he's sort of also kind of outside primary superhero stuff so he hasn't really interacted with batman or superman or anything um and so they can they get it, it's an easy transition um think, amanda waller go ahead josh sorry well i was just gonna say do you think it doesn't this these changes don't have anything to do with the changes that were made a couple weeks back with the oscars and the exclusivity clauses that they've had for their stuff i know i don't think so Could, i mean don't, don't don't specifically like determine what dc is going to be doing but like to be fair i don't expect has to be james ex- gunn exclusive that Look, he's like I don't, okay we need to keep our exclusive characters we get it i don't think james gunn care is is trying to make uh any dc movie an oscar winner oh not no. not not for that but for the exclusivityness of they're maybe they're no, but no, I no, I think they're keeping uh, uh, Viola Davis because you know representation and she's kind of like a Nick Fury character for DC. Yeah, she's kind of like a Nick yeah. Fury character, and, and then I I think they probably got some push from the studio to keep uh, uh, to keep Zolo because they don't want to just uh, forget about Blue Beetle because they spent too much money on the movie. Right. Yes. They need to. They need to squeeze that uh, sponge a little bit more mm-hmm. before they drop it. Right. Yeah. It it needs to make some money before they get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Let's move to the really interesting topic to me. Okay. Okay. Wait. That so a few it. weeks ago, uh, a few weeks ago, I talked. We 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 talked a little bit about Elden Ring, right? Yes. And a little bit about. Uh, by the way, when we talk about Elden Ring, it gets us views. I don't know why. Sick. People like Elden Ring. <laughs> We're not talking about Elden Ring. Uh, but um. on during that conversation, we talked about how the future of filmmaking can be in a virtual space. You know mm. what I mean? Especially like if you set up a game world and you customize everything and then you can set the camera and the movements and the actors do certain things. Well, this played what I discovered last night played into it so hard that it expanded even what I was thinking of then to another level. So. The very first podcast, virtual podcast, has been recorded in the metaverse. Okay. Okay. Face-to-face, but virtual. Face-to-face in the metaverse um, by Lex Friedman and Mark Zuckerberg. Do you guys know who Lex Friedman is? They sound like (laughs) supervillains. They do. But Uh, Lex Friedman, he's he's a good – he's a – He's a professor. Yeah, he's, he's always wears the suit and tie. You know what I mean? Yeah, a uh, 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 Superman's villain. Yeah, yeah, and then <laughs> sure, you know, you the, guys know the lizard Street. from, and then yeah, Mark and then the lizard, the lizard from, uh, <laughs> from Spider Man. Yeah, look. So <laughs> this is this is him doing his regular podcast intro, and then we'll show what's happening here. 
Okay. So I, I'm muting it. I just want to show you the video of it. He released this yesterday as of recording mm -hmm. our podcast. So this is him doing his intro in a white space. That is not really him. And you can kind oh, of tell. Wow. But oh. that is yeah, not there's, really There's him. a little bit of Uncanny Valley, but it's not bad. No, so not. this is, they did, they did hours long of 3D scanning his face and his body wow. size. Yeah. And once they created the avatar, then what, and they did the same for Mark Zuckerberg. Once they did that, they were able to give them the headset, mm. place them in a, in a, a void space. They chose a black void space because he usually does it on a straight black background, his podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So all you really see is just the person in the microphone. Um, can we see? But he that? always does intro. He also does intros. Yes, I'm going to get to that. Oh, but first, let me show you the screenshot, and then I'll show you the videos of them talking. Yeah. So, in the so basically, how it works is oh, I forgot to put up that slide. So they wear the headset. Mm -hmm. The 3D scan is looking at his face and then translating it into the animated version of him in the metaverse. Okay. Yeah. So they are having a conversation across from each other in the same room in the metaverse, but they're across the nation and physically. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, it's a little wax figurey, yeah. but it's it really is. Wait not until bad. you see. Wait until you see how it looks as they're actually talking. All right. Dang, Zuck looks more human. <laughs> <laughs> and Zuckerberg actually said that this translates over video. Like this is actually this takes less bandwidth than a video call chat. Like yeah, what we're doing right now. How long did it take to do all the scans at the beginning? So is the real scans? Oh, they oh, actually oh, talked about this lots. on the podcast. They said the biggest challenge is to make this mainstream, but the yeah. technology is here now. It, I right? mean, because because look at the mapping in that middle picture yeah. there. It's really, really, really close. That means they got lots yeah. and lots and lots and he lots said of. It's scans. a multi-hour process to do mm -hmm. this. Um, so this is him doing the intro. All right, so this is them having their podcast where they're talking to each other. Wow, that's not bad. Not no, bad at not. all. That is not bad at all. Look at how his mouth is moving. Yeah, I know. If, no, wow. it's, it's almost you did, perfect. If you did a podcast with like us who are the same on every podcast, it would be easy because we could do the scans one time and then we could just do our podcast. Yeah, if except you it, when like you start growing Joe out your Rogan. facial hair, your 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 hair hair, you don't you have to do new scans. You know what I mean? Oh, that is true. But yeah, if like Joe Rogan who has a guest every couple of days, that would be difficult because so no, no, no. Them. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have to. You wouldn't have to do that. You just tell the uh, simulation. You just add facial hair to the simulation. Okay, so this is like what this is. So they're sitting across from each other in this yeah. void space, and this is how they are seeing each other. They're just sitting across from each other. You know and what? They, that's that's kind of incredible. Here's the thing. Look at how I'm sitting. All right. Mm. And like Alex Friedman, he said he was getting emotional. He's like a really big tech and science guy, so he he kept going like like this. Because he could see any direction. It's like he's in mm -hmm. there. It's not a 2D or 3D like popping mm -hmm. out at you image. It's a, you can look around him like you're yeah. in the room with him. You know like, what I mean? I'm you can't say, see his, his right ear from this video. But if you turn your head, he you'll be able to see. Yeah, yeah he, he, could. Could. And he, left he was sitting across right from him in a void space. Paused, like they're in the same room. <clears throat> paused right here. They look like people. Yeah. yeah. They look like people. 
they're even it's, it's only when they're talking to each other where you get a little bit of that uncanny valley but look you can even see his micro expressions yeah no they talked about everything and and the thing is like literally lex friedman refuses to do a virtual podcast because he said he doesn't like the the connection that's lost there yeah. he said he said this is changing everything because he'll do virtual podcasts like this because this is as real as sitting in the same room with somebody. Imagine when a scan like this becomes mainstream and you can take 10 minutes, scan your entire body and walk around in a virtual space mm -hmm. um, and you can add things. You can add uh, – you know, you you can change your eyebrows or your nose, or you can give yourself a big old huge booty. Right. And <laughs> I mean, you could do anything. Well, here's the thing. In this podcast, I listened to the whole thing. At towards the end, Mark Zuckerberg is like saying, right now, um, especially for regular conversations or meetings or someone, people prefer this. He said, but in the gaming world, people prefer avatars. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You can do whatever you want. Um, you can do it as yourself. You can do it as yourself modified. You can do it as an avatar. The metaverse is open to any possibility. And I think this just kind of like repositions the metaverse into the new world that we're going to be moving into. Mm -hmm. That's not, it's not just AI. It's also what is this ready player one universe that we're building? You yeah. Know what what I mean? does it look like? Um, and and so it, this brought into my mind for us, not only with podcasts, because that's something we do week after week, um, but also it brought into my mind like how we, we know how you can like create an ultra realistic movie scene and customize it for to make your own film in a, like yeah. a game, gaming space. But how are films going to be made in the metaverse? It's like the same yeah. way, but you could even <laughs> – People like, did you guys see that Black Mirror episode with that girl from Schitt's Creek who has like no. the blonde highlights? So that no. you probably saw it advertised though, like the Black Mirror episode with the girl with blonde highlights. She kind of yeah, looked yeah. like Harley Quinn. She had a mugshot. Mm -hmm. um, it was advertised to a lot of people. Um, that episode is entirely based on AI creating shows yeah. from people's likenesses and you contract yeah. yourself out to uh as an actor to have your likeness used yeah. by ai to create a story that's what well, the metaverse is going to do you scan yourself and then you can johnny depp can or even johnny depp can be there hasn't bruce willis Act. already done this uh i think this up. he might this have up. if you can For like because i'm i'm almost positive bruce willis when he said he was not going to be acting anymore he sold his likeness to like a specific company that was outside the United States to make films based off his likeness. I think this is was was a thing that happened um, like a year ago. Uh, fact check: No, Bruce Willis did not sell his likeness to Deep Fake Company. Ah, um, that was a someone rumor. did though. <laughs> that was a rumor. Uh, but basically, so like, say this. So I don't know. Who's really busy? Margot Robbie's super busy actor right now, okay? Mm -hmm. Everybody wants her. So imagine she says this. Look, I can't be on set with you, but um, if you are filming this in the meta space, I can go ahead and put on my headset. I'll set up one of the rooms in my house. And like in the evenings from, I don't know, you know, 4 p.m. to 7 p.m., I can act my scenes. Right. Yeah. And you'll be able to get my likeness. You'll be able to get my movements of my body and I'll just go ahead and do the scenes and then you can just use that. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, yeah. And and 
the thing is, you would have to, and they can like, be. She could your be likeness would have to be under contract as well. It's like, or yeah. you could even be like, you have my likeness um, for, uh, you know, you have my likeness for five hours today. Somebody right. else will can be able to act out all my scenes, you know, mm -hmm. voice lines, movement, everything, but it will look and sound like Margot Robbie. Freaking. Yeah. But even she doesn't, I mean, even before that, like what we can do right now mm. with this technology, make a movie in the meta space that's almost perfect, mm -hmm. especially when there's movement, when they're talking, like looking at this, this is almost perfect. You know what I mean? So imagine it's far, from, it's far from perfect, but it's a big step in the right yeah, direction. It is. I, I think mean, if I you're actually in the meta space with them, I think it actually, it I think it would more feel real. so it would feel so real. Um, I, I think uh, eventually, though, there will be kind of this romantic thing because we've, we've done this with, you know, vinyl. We've done this with old technology a lot where there will be when when things kind of progress in that in that state that we kind of romanticize the face-to-faceness and the realness of actually video. And I think there will be a small thing that just holds on for a little bit though. Well, that's what, okay. So that's literally one of the topics they, they, uh, they talked about here is the face-to-face -face versus, uh, uh, versus like simulated face-to-face. -face. They said like, so Lex Friedman, he said this is like so he has family in the Ukraine, right? Mhm. Mm he's um he's American but he wasn't born in America. And I think he has dual citizenship in Russia and Ukraine, which is an interesting thing for him right now. Um and he uh he basically he was getting emotional because he said I'm going to be able to use this technology to talk to family I haven't talked for in decades mm -hmm. and it's going to feel yeah. like I'm in the same room as them you know what i mean yeah and so this is like what do you do when face to face is just as real like the only difference is you can't walk up and hug them you know what mm -hmm. i mean yeah but you can still sit next to them and talk to them face to face and feel like you are just face to face, right? Just like yeah. this. It. I think it's the same kind of advancement that we started to see with uh, phones. It was like at, at one point you could not talk to somebody unless you were near them. Mm -hmm. Then you could talk to people all the way across the country or across the world. Right. Um, then you could see them on your computer, you know, and now you can yeah. see them on your phone. Anywhere mm -hmm. you want, you can see this person. The email was um, wild because you can send a message to anybody in the anybody. world. Anybody now, you can send a text <clears throat> to anybody in the world or yeah, video call or a video anyone. call. You can FaceTime somebody right now or uh, uh, Facebook Messenger. Pull up a video on on most apps. You can do it on Instagram. You can do it on WhatsApp, Facebook, which is popular. Overseas. WhatsApp. You could do it on on basically anything and pull up a video of somebody and talk to them almost anywhere with internet or service so this um, is the next version of that yeah, this, this is, is the being in the step. same room as anybody in the world yeah mm -hmm. now all you got to do is put on a headset and make sure you got your scans in right yeah <laughs> and this is interesting this is so crazy to me because it not only revolutionizes the 
social side, which I know that's always been Mark's focus is data collection and social, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) It's making money off of people's data and and getting people to interact socially online. But now it's going to enter, it's going to literally cross into the entertainment world in a way that's like, you don't even have to be on set to be an actor anymore. You can be a great actor and and literally film your entire career can be in the meta world, the meta space. Dude, and all imagine, your acting is at home. You know, imagine I mean? when this technology is the new Facebook and we're all we're all walking around in in a virtual world talking to each other, playing games, doing all this stuff while you know, all the old people are standing in a black room <laughs> talking, <laughs> talking, standing in a black room in a circle. Be like talking to each we other. We couldn't figure out how to add walls. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, the 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 big the big virtual hub world is is a little bit much for them. Right, right. It's a little too it's too much to yeah, take in. So they're stimulus. like we like we like black spaces and 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 seeing our friends. Yeah. I hate to say it though, that might be kind of in a way us because we technology is going to progress and we're going to get old and we're going to be the old people. Mm-hmm. I mean, like Lex Friedman maybe, used to do this in the black space. That's good enough. I for mean, me. definitely, maybe not me and Wyatt, but definitely Joseph, because you know, yeah, Grandpa Joe and Grandpa Joe. Freaking, I see this and I think <laughs> about how we can make awesome movies and utilize the technology. You guys just sit back and be like, "Yeah, this is pretty cool." You weren't even on top of this. Like, you didn't even yeah. know that it was happening. I'm was in happening. the world. I'm in the space. He's out there. <laughs> Yeah, I'm out here. here. <laughs> I'm out here. I knew about the volume way before either of you guys did. Yeah. Okay. I'm on top of this stuff. Getting guys, granular with it. <laughs> right. <laughs> what does that word even mean, actually? Taking a little you bit of time. You said it. I, I, I feel like it meant, it. I, I thought, I thought what, I thought what you were saying when you said, uh, you know, get granular with it was, right. you know, you know, pick out some pieces of information. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Is that actually what I wrote? Granular? Yeah, I thought you were saying get a little bit familiar. Granular? Granular. You say granular. What does granular. the word granular mean? You know, like grains of things. Okay, like grains resembling things. or consisting of small grains or yes. particles. Yes, yeah, small bits. I thought you were saying get, I thought you were saying gather some small bits and things of this and, you know. A little bit familiar is what I thought it was. Get granular. <laughs> Characterized by a high level of granularity. Yeah. Um, late 18th century form, late Latin granulum. What? Okay. So the real meaning is powdery, powdered, mm-hmm. grainy, <laughs> gritty, sandy. And I'm like, get granular. Get yourself a little flake, a couple, a flakes little of this. bit, yeah, just a little familiar. <laughs> okay, I love, I love the English language. How we can describe mm. things. Um, yeah, that's all I have. I, I think it was. Uh, I think that not only with AI, you know, the writers are going to be out of business for sure in a couple years. But it doesn't matter how hard they strike. But also, filmmaking is going to be upended. So we're kind of like, mm-hmm. what's the best, what's the best digital camera, not digitally what's, filming camera. What's the best camera that the metaverse has that you can select or you have yeah. to go collect points 
in a game to be able to buy the best <laughs> digital Ari camera for my digital movie. You know what I mean? Or yeah. my metaverse movie. I'm on, <laughs> I'm out here. I'm out here trying to be a filmmaker, but in order to film movies i have to win first place on mad max fury road <laughs> you know in order to be game. able to have a floating um camera that yeah. has like certain specs that i want mm-hmm. i gotta go i gotta go race bowser yeah exactly. <laughs> <laughs> right i'm getting i'm getting that camera throws a blue shell right <laughs> Yeah, that that that's those those stakes are a lot higher than just mm-hmm. ruining friendships. You just um, you're just out here, you're like cracking your neck. You're like, all right, I'm in Smash Brothers now. <laughs> I'm a, I'm winning this thing, right? <laughs> Street Fighter, man. I don't even know what the what to expect. I I do foresee already. Pe- so many people work virtually. I, I'm in my very first virtual working position, but mm-hmm. already this technology is going to throw so many more people into the working virtual space. Yeah. So many more people. Yeah. So, I mean, if you can literally show up to meetings, most people's jobs, like 50% of most people's jobs are having meetings to make decisions about stuff. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then a little bit of tasks that those people have to do because jobs are nonsense these days with how much technology helps us with stuff. Really, most people's jobs are having meetings to implement strategy. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the the tech does the strategy, implements it for us. So a little bit of tasks, a lot of meetings. If that's the case, this is going to let you sit in a room with anybody at any point. You know what I mean? So how many more people are going to be working remotely or working from home or working from their chosen office space? You know, it's going to change. This is the world's changing so fast, but this is going to change so much more of it because this is literally creating a virtual world that that just rides next to the real one you know yeah wild man and people just pop in and out of it already i feel like i have two screens right that i do all my work off of and talk to you guys and talk to have all my meetings at work off of i feel Mm -hmm. like these are already windows into my social life like if i want to be social i have to come to my window and peer through the window so I can hang out with friends. You know what I mean? Oh. It's terrible. Well, I have windows to look through. In a different state from somebody. Right, right. I have windows to look through. I am already, I'm already in a virtual space, but it's different. My, uh, my transmitting speed is slower. Anywho, I'm ready. To, I'm ready to go all in. Ready to get the headset. Ready to get the chip implanted in my hand. All kinds of things. Maybe not that. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe, not maybe a little far. Maybe not the chip. Definitely not that. Definitely not what Elon Musk is doing. I'm definitely mm-hmm. not getting no implant in my brain. That's wild. I'd rather operate on a slower system. <laughs> I don't need to interface with everything. I don't need to <laughs> interface. I'm happy with the way my brain is right now. Um. So yeah, that's all I have. Thank you guys for. Uh, being, I hope oh, this was fun. Did you guys find it fun? Yeah, this was yeah. good. No, was that last topic as cool actually. as you thought it might no, be? No, it really is cool. It's, it's interesting. Back. I think they're, they've made some strides, but I think for like the average wise works podcast, it's going to take a second for us to be able to do that. Cause of, we can't get scans and stuff, but mm. it's, it's, it's interesting to look at and see how they're progressing. I think we we definitely 
I think I, I know we've talked about this in the past, but I think it would be smart to start really thinking about how podcasting and hanging out with personalities you enjoy is going to look like for VR. And we've already thought about having like a VR space where we put a headset on and people can hang out with us in a podcast studio virtually. Yeah. Um, just getting like a 360 camera and recording on it. But there's also other cameras where you can have like multi cameras next to each other. So if people are in a VR space, they can like kind of do this and kind of see, like look around and see mm -hmm. a little bit. Um, and then you have the meta space, which is like, if you do scans, you can get up and walk around the room. <laughs> if we scanned ourselves, you know what I mean? Mm. So I don't know. There's, there's a lot of aspects to this that are definitely going to affect not only films, but even our podcasting into the future. Wouldn't that be cool if you could put your podcast, your, your set was essentially a, uh, a room, uh, but like a, uh, almost like a, um, amphitheater where yeah. you've got chairs that go up and people can just virtually walk in and sit down and just no, they already the have podcast. that they already have that in the meta world the meta space it's mm -hmm. already happening i think and and there's there it's a whole universe in meta in, in the meta space you can people are literally using real world money and buying real estate in the meta space already that's wild and so you can and that's popular i mean uh snoop dog owns a ton of meta space uh yeah it's real estate already. A lot of people do because it's cheap and it's going to be it's used. Cheap and and when when the servers are open and when things are happening and when everyone's need, on it because everyone's yeah, not on it yet. When everybody's on it, you're going to sell that that meta real estate, and make some bank. But dude, that's that's not even that. Like, so what you're talking about with going into an amphitheater and watching it, you could do that. But I think a lot of people would rather walk into our studio and sit down at the desk and, and listen to us hang out, you know, in the meta yeah. space. I think they'd rather, and you don't have to show everyone else in the room. You can literally just like say, well, the, show the, us three. You can and, have options. You could have, yeah. um, you could have like several different options where you like flip through. There's one where there's an empty seat where you, you can pull up your seat and join and, and enjoy the conversation. Uh, and then you could flip to one where it's an amphitheater where you can see a bunch of the other people who are watching, mm -hmm. you know, or you can flip to one where it's an em empty amphitheater and you and your friends can come in and watch. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they already have the technology that is uh, 3D space mm. without headset. Yeah. But you can only do it for one person because yeah. like mm -hmm. on a screen. So you could even if you don't want to enter into the world. You can sit on a screen, but still like look around like you're in the room. Yeah, and it be it be multi dimensional 3D because they have like eye tracking computers that allow you to see the world in a 3D like depth and looking around things space because mm -hmm. it tracks where your eyes looking, but it doesn't work if two people are looking at it. Does that make sense? Yeah, or yeah. you could you know because the room is scanned so well. You could flip to the one where, you know, uh, 50 people join in. It's a battle royale. Right. And we're hunting <laughs> each other. They're hunting each other as like people about this big running through our set, <laughs> jumping on top of us while we're talking. Right, uh, right, right. Battle we're just royale. At, we're talking the and they're climbing around. They're running up the things, shooting at each other. And awesome. every so often we just kind of. <laughs> we can't even see them. 
Oh, they can't even happens. So like their their map is Wiseworks yeah, podcast uh, it's a time pre-recorded, code sixty. Yeah, it, it's a no. <laughs> their minutes, map 60 their seconds. map is a pre-recorded hour and a half long podcast where we're just talking and moving. Right, map, and they're just running around the 35. set. Yeah. episode thirty-five. <laughs> that was just probably me and Joshua. That's a bad map. Yeah, we got to do a bad map. <laughs> we got to do a different map. Um. Yeah, we gotta have. Oh, I'd probably want. I definitely would want the map if we're this big. I'd want mm. the map where you have your poofy hair to hide in. Imagine yeah. that's a whole <laughs> battleground in itself. Yep, that's a little yeah. jungle area. Anyway, it's that's crazy. This is there. not. This is reality, dude. This is mm. not even fake. This is gonna happen. No. Yeah.